Welcome back to the Free by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evan Williams, and this is episode 30. I've been thinking a lot about expenses and personal spending lately. And this topic might sound familiar to you, is because I've actually covered this topic before in two prior episodes. It's a really important topic, and that's why it comes up a lot. Now, if you minimize your finances, and particularly your expenses, it can be very liberating. So that's why I want to discuss it again today. So if you haven't checked out those episodes yet, definitely do so. You don't need to listen to them to listen to this episode, but they do definitely all go hand in hand together. Before I get into the topic of today's episode, I want to discuss an idea. It's really like a thought exercise. It's something that I heard a long time ago, and I can't remember where I heard it, but it basically goes like this. And with the caveat, I do eat mainly fruits and vegetables. I don't eat meat. Um, I only recently started eating clams because I'm iron deficient. But anyway, (laughs) let's get into the thought exercise. The idea is if you, say, compare grilled cheese sandwich or like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a lobster dinner, the lobster dinner is a gourmet dish. It's quote-unquote gourmet. And the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or the grilled cheese is not considered gourmet. So if you go to a restaurant, you'll spend a ton of money on the lobster dinner. And you probably won't even be able to find grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly. So I'm a big believer in that you, you create your own reality. And value... It's really subjective. Who's to say that peanut butter and jelly sandwich is less valuable than a lobster dinner? So if we're able to actually trick our brains in sort of like a placebo effect and really just perceive the grilled cheese or the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich as being gourmet, then perhaps we'll sit down and we'll actually really savor those those two things while we're eating them. And it would be as if you're eating a really nice, expensive, gourmet dinner like a lobster dinner. And it's really just... I suppose I really like this thought exercise because it really questions your reality of things and how you perceive things and and how you can really minimize your expenses if you get control of this. You can be truly happy with things that are not gourmet and premium and expensive. That stuff's not necessary. So I just want to start this episode off with that, keeping that in mind, because it really plays into the idea of expense management, and that is a big cornerstone of the episode today. 
The topic for today's episode is minimalist pretirement planning, which is a play on retirement planning. Except minimalist pretirement planning is alternative and unconventional. The idea behind it is that there are people who have successfully achieved early retirement. This is done through careful planning, hard work, and a lot of saving. Similarly, there's people who have kind of come close to that, but instead of actually committing completely to a retirement at an early age, they've actually just freed up time for themselves, an extended amount of time, to take a break from work and pursue their passions. So I want to dive into this idea a little bit more. The minimalist pretirement planning. To me, it really boils down to two things. Expense management and alternative income streams. With expense management and personal spending, there are really two types. There's controllable expenses and uncontrollable expenses. Let me quickly explain. It's quite straightforward, but the controllable expenses, uh, in my case, would be like a mobile phone plan. I currently have a unlimited everything where I'm paying $35 a month. It's 30, it's normally 40, but I have a, um, a party plan where there's two of us and it's down to 35 from 40. If we both find one other person each, we would have four people in the party and we would have it down to $25 a month for unlimited everything. So this is great. This is controllable. If I want to control it even more, I can just go without. And that's fine. It's, it's legal. You don't, <laughs> you don't legally need to have a cell phone plan, a mobile phone plan. On the other uh, hand, though, the uncontrollable expenses... A great example is health insurance. If you have a job that doesn't provide health insurance, or if you don't unfortunately have a job and you're not employed and you don't have health insurance, you still need to have health insurance in the United States at least. Health insurance, if you are not getting it from your employer, needs to be purchased on the on a health insurance market and that has to be paid um, directly from the person that's being insured I looked this up for myself in the state that I'm in if I was to find the cheapest health insurance and have it subsidized it would be about $200 a month Unsubsidized would be four to five hundred dollars a month. So that would be a very big expense. That's uncontrollable. If you're not getting it provided by your employer, you have to have it so you can't go without. And the cheapest you can get it is, in my case, two hundred dollars a month. So that's very uncontrollable. The other subtopic I wanted to discuss is the alternative income streams, and it pairs really nice, nicely with expense management. If you're able to get your expenses really low, 
then you could really open up your opportunities to different forms of income streams. Some being contract work, freelance work, uh, part-time work, and seasonal work. And I'm really particularly interested in this. Uh, I think the one that appeals to me the most is seasonal work. So I want to go into a bit of an example where these concepts are considered in a way that leads to life design. So creating a life, the layout of a life that takes advantage of these two concepts, the expense management and alternative income streams. So what I've been researching lately is sort of an extreme life design where it pairs bikepacking and house-sitting. So I'm going to describe both of these. Bikepacking is basically that. It's backpacking on a bike. So you have a tent, you have food, you have a first aid kit, repair kit, and you have a bicycle. So you bike around and you camp, and ideally, you're camping for free. There's something called BLM land in the U.S. It's mainly out in the western states, and it's completely legal and permissible to camp, just wild camp on the BLM land. There's also some state forests and state parks where, in all the states, if you do your research, you can find places to camp for free. It just will take a bit of, you know, time to research and find them. So theoretically, you could bike pack and completely get rid of your your rent or your mortgage if that's what you have at the moment. So your housing expense. That would get pretty intense though. If you're I've done ex- extended camping trips. And it does get tiring sleeping on the ground or in a hammock. So pairing house-sitting with that, to me, seems like a pretty good combination. I love camping, so I feel like I could probably go a month or more just solely camping and sleeping out in nature. But it would be good to break it up with staying in a place, uh, like an actual house, having a hot shower available to you. But if you don't want to pay for that, you could go for couch surfing, or you could do this house sitting. And what house sitting is, it's very similar to Airbnb, where there's a marketplace where somebody has a house, they have extra rooms, and they're looking for people that are typically going to hotels or motels. Airbnb creates that marketplace. For house sitting, there's a marketplace for people that have houses and sometimes also pets. And when they travel, they need someone to look after their home or their pets. So it matches, it's a marketplace that matches homeowners who need their house sit, house sat. (laughs) And it also pairs the house sitters to them. So this seems so interesting to me because One of my passions, one of the things I want to do more of, is be out in nature. Bikepacking would solve that for me. 
and I know I would get tired of it eventually, so house-sitting would be a good reprieve. So it's really interesting extreme life design, and like a hack in a way, to get my expenses to just being health insurance, food, water, and a cell bill. Calculating that all out, it comes to be about $6,000 a year in expenses. If we then layer in alternative income streams, I could pursue a seasonal job and for, say, just a round number of $10 an hour, if I worked for a month or two, then I could cover a good chunk of that expense. Just so I'm not spending too much of my my current savings that I have, that I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been able to, to save up. So it's just interesting, and, and the thing that appeals to me the most is that free time. I'm definitely, like many people, somebody that really just works hard. When I was in elementary school, I worked hard for grades. In high school, same thing. In college, same thing. I was working hard for grades and, and a degree. And then I got straight from there to work. I didn't take any time to explore passions, really. That A lot of that just ended when free time went out the window. When I was a kid, I definitely had time, and I explored the passion of playing guitar. And I, I really loved it. And I love that I have that ability still. It's still with me. I carry that with me. There's a lot of passions that I currently have that I would love to spend more time on and explore. Like I said, time in nature, learning about plants and learning about trees and permaculture practices. Spending more time playing guitar. Spending more time improving my Spanish. And I think that would... This life design, this lifestyle that I'm discussing right now about bikepacking, that would afford me some free time to explore those, those passions and those interests. And what really makes me excited about this is a story I heard about a guy who had a really great engineering job. He worked really hard, and he saved. He was really frugal. Sounds a lot like me, <laughs> but I don't have an engineering job, and it's... Anyway, just the frugality part. <laughs> anyway, so he got to age 35, and he retired. And he... I mean, that's just... It's, it's interesting because it's an early retirement, but the thing that was most interesting to me is what happened next. It With... The first six months to a year, he had a really difficult time. He had to almost reprogram himself from just constantly working hard, every waking hour working, 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 getting stuff done, being productive. He didn't stop being productive, but he had to actually create to-do lists and put his passions on them. He had to make sure that he was forcing himself to slow down and to read, or to, uh, he was into 
um, Dungeons and Dragons, I think, or something like that, and he was handcrafting pieces for the board game. So he he had a schedule in time for all of that stuff. And it, naturally, he started doing those things more that he was passionate about. One thing led to the next, and by 40, so five years into his early retirement, he had volu- started volunteering for... Uh, a role that was aligned with his passions and his interests. He did such a great job with it because he was passionate about it. He was happy. He was joyful to be there. It brought him, it just brought him happiness. Just (laughs) people, they saw that he naturally was just great at it because he just loved it. They ended up paying him to do that. And he was beside himself because it just brought him so much joy and it was so much more joy than he ever got with engineering and he it's like he finally found it at at a still relatively young age he found something that he could get paid for that just brought him so much happiness so that's incredible <laughs> just to think that if you like what's possible if you just give yourself that that window of opportunity. And that's what I'm talking about is if you allow yourself that time in your life, man, what could happen? Something like that could happen. Something incredible, something amazing. You could find your passion. People would see that you're just so good at it because you're passionate about it. And then you might end up making money on it too. The lifestyle that I explained on today's episode is certainly not for everyone, and I'm really not suggesting it or recommending it. It's really just an example to show just how far you could potentially go with paring back expenses. In this case, the big expense that's paired back is housing, and that's being covered by the bike, bike camping and the house sitting. So it's definitely a life that's not very conducive for a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, for socializing and having being near friends and family. If you're constantly on the move, and that's sort of how I envision it, is bike, biking around, particularly in the United States, um, and just seeing so much of the country. But again, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to be away for so long, camping for so long. But a part of me just is so drawn to it, and the, the romantic idea of just riding around under your own, your own power, camping out. But anyway, it was just an example um, for the purposes of the, the topic of the episode. I'm also realizing that there's still a lot that I want to talk about in regards to the minimalist pretirement planning. There's a bunch of other ideas I have, so what I'm going to do is make this into a a two-part series, and next week I'll discuss a couple more topics on on the, uh, the issue. So, that's what I wanted to talk about. I hope you found it interesting. As always, keep cutting the noise and make room for what's essential. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, 
then please follow or subscribe to my podcast. Please also comment or leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram under Free by Design channel.